everybody. Will Houck here at the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This week we have a great interview with a artist local to me from Reno, Nevada named Charlie Marks, who has a new album out and it sounds fantastic. But before we get to that interview, I want to just say a quick reminder and uh, remind you to subscribe and like to the podcast wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever the case may be, uh, if you could just uh, like and subscribe to the show, that would be amazing. Leave a comment, um, share it with a friend. That would be awesome as well. Also, if you're on social media, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and YouTube, all those platforms. So search me up, Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals, and give me a follow there. All right, let's get to this week's show. Charlie Marks, like I said, is from Reno, Nevada, and plays uh, traditional string band uh, type music. A lot of banjo and guitar and harmonica. The banjo isn't like uh, like bluegrass claw hammer style. It's a little more old-timey, and uh, just really unique and interesting stuff. Uh, Charlie came into the studio and played some songs live, and we did a live uh, broadcast on my radio show which was super fun and uh, i love doing that setting up some microphones having a discussion having some uh, an artist come in and just you know play some live music that's my favorite thing in the world so we had a great time doing it and then we hung out afterwards and, and had a good long talk as well so here you go i hope you enjoy the show and enjoy All right. Well, in the studio with me right now is Charlie Marks. And uh, Charlie has a new album uh, coming out this Friday. And give me just one second. Um, And it's going to be... uh, coming out on Friday, and uh, he's going to be doing some shows uh, in connection with that as well. And uh, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, the new album, some of the songs, and uh, the music just in general. So, welcome, and uh, how are you doing? Uh, good. Thanks for having me on, Will. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be back in the studio here. Um, and yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I've just been uh, been touring a lot in the, uh, the last year, probably since the last time we talked, I've been touring a lot. Uh, obviously recorded this new album, which I've been really excited to share. Uh, I got a couple shows for folks in the area, uh, uh, playing up in uh, uh, Virginia City at the Red Dog Saloon right. on Friday, yeah. and then uh, Black Rabbit Meads in Reno on Saturday. Both those shows are with another folk artist uh, who goes by Bandit Queen of Sorrows, and all she's right. excellent. So, um, yeah, all, all in all, just really glad it's springtime because this winter kind of... Oh, my God. This was like... I mean, I feel like we are supposed to talk about the weather. It's not like totally cliche. It's this winter was unbelievable. Hard. It was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you live. You live. Uh, you have some elevation where you live, right? Like, yeah, I think you got a little more snow than we got in the valleys. Probably we got snowed in quite a bit this winter, and I learned my lesson. I will not be touring in the winter anymore. Mm. Um, I, I got lucky with just the days working out and not getting too trapped in any snow, but right. Uh, been really happy it's warm out <laughs> absolutely god it's just been nuts yeah they were just talking on the news today about all that melting snow might cause um uh, flooding uh, issues in california and nevada as well so i could see that coming i, I could imagine that so it just yeah. keeps on coming and i'm sure there'll be more fire spires this year as a result anyway yeah we don't have to go down that rabbit <laughs> no. hole of, uh existential uh right dread <laughs> i feel you i feel you yeah let's talk about fun stuff let's talk about music so um uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about this album uh maybe some uh, the, the the writing of it were you were you writing it on on tour or at home and and uh, a little bit about the recording too Where, where'd you record it and, and how did that process look yeah and i realized i just was like 
like no existential dread and there's definitely some existential dread involved in writing music but um (laughs) this album kind of like the bits and pieces of it came together it wasn't so linear i've had other albums where i've been like i'm gonna put these songs together it's gonna be an album and this one each song i kind of when i write songs it's pretty um spontaneous and i can't really choose that i know i've talked to other artists who kind of describe a similar thing where you're just kind of playing your instrument and then all of a sudden you sing a line and it's like that's an entire song so a lot of these songs that i wrote on this album really came from a place of uh, spontaneity but they all kind of gravitated around a similar theme and i'll play the title track um the album's called three years time and we moved out to kind of out in a rural area outside of Reno a couple years ago. And uh, we, we were trying to start a garden, grow a garden. And uh, the first year we just totally failed. Like uh, our cats destroyed our seedling trays and mm. squirrels ate absolutely everything that we did grow. And all the eggs our chickens laid. And somebody told us it takes three years to grow a garden. One year to just totally fail. So mm. we checked that off. A second year to kind of figure it out and play around with it and and start learning the lessons and i think we take that one off and so now we're in year three and they said year three is when you kind of put everything you learn to practice and Mm -hmm. you have a a real garden or farm or ranch or whatever you're trying to do and um one was taking that quite literally but more metaphorically like if you want to make anything happen whether it be uh, a garden or a music career or just I don't know, raising a family, anything you've never done before, it takes time to figure out Mm -hmm. how to do it. And um, a lot of the original tunes on this album kind of gravitate around, like, how do you make something you want to see happen, happen? And so I kind of knew one day I woke up and was just like, I think I have an album ready Mm. because it felt kind of cohesive. And uh, I've always liked playing traditional tunes. So uh, there's a selection of traditional songs in this album as well that I think kind of fit in are songs that I really love playing live too. And all my albums, you asked about the recording process. Uh, I've always recorded albums just live, one take. Um, This one I actually just recorded at home. Um, I felt like something was missing and I was early to a gig in Sacramento and uh, um, I went into like a guitar center and I asked if I could plug my banjo into a tube amp and it just, I was like, that's what I was missing. And I went hmm. home and was all ready to record. And um, so I, I did the whole recording at home myself with a couple mics. And then um, my buddy Max Harms, who's an awesome audio engineer, he's down near Phoenix in mm-hmm. Camp Verde. And uh, he mixed and mastered the album after okay. I recorded it. I did try mixing it myself. And I decided that that was the line where I should have somebody who not only knows what they're doing, but is quite excellent in what they do. So I was right. very grateful for his contribution there. Absolutely. So thanks, Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Max. You got to know your limitations for sure. Yes, we yeah. have all have plenty of them. So it's good to know them. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that message about the, uh, the the three years, you know, and just kind of recognizing that things take time and uh, that there's some beauty in that, you know, that mm-hmm. you're learning lessons and growing. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just a big fan of just, you know, uh, knuckling down and doing some hard work and, and uh, putting in the effort, you know. So it sounds like you've been doing that in gardening and in, in songwriting as well. Yeah. And like, I mean, you've been doing it with the podcast. Like, I think anytime you start something from nothing, that's kind of the lesson there. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, you were just talking about you've interviewed like Dropkick Murphys and 
I've listened to a bunch of them because you have you've been interviewing really cool people, um, <laughs> and so like that had to start somewhere, and um, so I yeah. think it's something that can resonate for for a lot of us. So. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, just, just having fun while you're doing it as well, you know? Yeah. And I think that the track, the three years time, the, that's the name of the album and the title track. I, I think it's a fun one too. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, let's hear that, uh, that title track. Yeah. So, uh, this, this song is called three years time. Uh, uh, I wrote this song, uh, uh, it's kind of an old time banjo style tune and, uh, uh, here it is three years time. cool yeah i had to uh bring you down just a little bit um we, we clipped just a little bit so i apologize for that um Sorry, so when you <laughs> when, you ta- <laughs> when right. we're talking if you could just kind of lean in a little yeah, bit and yeah. maybe back up just a little All bit right. 
I'll ride those faders though. Sorry for the little clip in there, but uh, I do that at shows too. Uh, you so. got that that voice, man. It just like belts out, you know. I've been working on trying to talk like that too. It's yeah. hard though. I don't. I don't know. Talking. Uh, my partner Jenna gets real mad at me because I'll mumble. Not mad at me, but she has advice for me. But I <laughs> mumble a lot, and then I go on stage and I sing up absolutely as loudly as I can. And uh, it, it, it's an audio engineer's nightmare. So um, thank you to all the sound guys and you for um, navigating me. Yeah, that's why we got faders. That's why we got faders. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a teacher, so I have to pull back my voice all the time. I'm always projecting and Yeah, you have to... the radio voice. Yeah. You do. It's great. <laughs> I got to take notes. <laughs> yeah. I have a face for radio as well. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, no, no, no. You're, 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 you're a handsome man. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old joke, but, um, uh, that sounded great. But, um, while you were playing, I, I, I was actually, um, uh, thinking about the songwriting and, uh, guitar versus banjo. So do you, when you write songs, do you, do you have a, an instrument in mind? Do they, sometimes they, they change or what, what does the songwriting process usually look like for you? I'm sort of like an instrument first kind of songwriter. Um, so I'm actually learning to be more comfortable writing on banjo. For some reason, guitar, I think it was because as a teenager, I'd like pick at a guitar and it's like a little bit more of like a familiar instrument right. um, for my like creative songwriting self, I guess, though um, I, I do have exciting things that will be coming in the future that involve more banjo songwriting. But I typically do start by just playing music and then if a line comes to me, uh, I sing all kinds of stuff, but I, I have this feeling I get in my gut where I'm just like, I sing it and I know the whole meaning and the whole song. Maybe I don't know all the words right away, but it's very sudden. Mm. Um, and uh, it's funny, if I start by writing words, I just write a poem. Like mm. I, I really don't, haven't quite figured out how to take words and turn them into a song, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. And I do have some poetry collections um, if you like for anyone who likes the th words that come out of me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so if I go words first, it tends to be words only. Okay. So I, I don't know how to put it better than that, but yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe if it has a melody, then it kind of translates into being some kind of a song, you know, connected to the words. Yeah. It's almost like um, with the music, the music is like, um, well, you know, like with poetry, there's different meters or different forms mm -hmm. that words can fall into. Like we're all probably familiar with Shakespeare and iambic pentameter or right. uh, whatever that is. Uh, um, and a song, it's, it's kind of like a way to channel energy through, um, whether it's a way of like speaking words or singing. And I find that sometimes I play the right thing on guitar or banjo that a certain energy of mine can come through very nicely. And so mm -hmm. the words kind of capture whatever that feeling is. Mm -hmm. And I play all kinds of things that don't channel anything, meaning I, I play them and they just, I'm just playing the guitar and it's not anything that I would think, oh, I should share this with folks. Mm -hmm. But it is part of the growing process. Like I, I practice a lot, but practice is, also play if that mm. makes sense it's kind of it's kind of like turning practice into play and then a song will come out because i just happened to play the thing that resonated with me as a person so right for yeah. sure yeah that totally makes sense so um uh what what uh, what's the next song that you got going for us um well i got a banjo one or a guitar one so it's uh, now let's do banjo since you got the banjo hooked all up right in. so let's see how 
I do joke on stage uh, that my toxic trait as a banjo player is that I uh, retune my instrument um, almost every song. <laughs> Alternative tunings. Not, we're going to go to the, the most standard of tunings now. Okay. I just kind of like listening to the tune. It yeah, I, I realized how, like maybe when I first started playing, I really relied on the tuner where I was just like, I, I can't mess up my tuning. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while now I have a show where I just like totally get lost in the tuning vortex. And I realized I was standing there for like a minute and I'm sweating and there's lights and I can't totally see people's facial expressions. And I've just tuned at them for like three minutes. <laughs> um, so anyway, this next song, like I was <laughs> saying, uh, um, uh, I like to mix in some traditional tunes as well. And this one, uh, I think it's good to make sure you play a, a murder ballad when you have a banjo. Yeah. Um, they just seem to go together really well. And this is, a, this is an old tune, an uh, old murder ballad called Wild Bill Jones. All right. <laughs> Yeah. 
That sounded great. Thank you. I loved it. Yeah, so that's a you said it's an old murder ballad. And uh, if people don't know, murder ballads were a tradition, um, traditional kind of folk tune that's been played in American uh, history, maybe in the South and uh, kind of Appalachian region. There's a, a long history to murder ballads uh, in the uh, in the 20th century, uh, but dating back before that as well. But I was wondering if you um, knew much about the history of that song. because I've I've seen other people do it before, but um, I, I don't know a ton about, you know, um, like the history of where it came from and, and, and that kind of stuff. I was just, you yeah, know. Yeah, you know, to be totally honest, most of the traditional songs I play, I can talk quite a bit about them. Wild Bill Jones, I think I heard uh, the Doc Boggs version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like amongst people who play banjo, it's quite popular. I hear all kinds of folks playing it. Yeah. Um, um, well, I just thought of it, so I'll give him a shout out. One of my favorite current old-time banjo players is a guy named ap rogers he's a buddy of mine and we play some shows and i think he put a youtube video out of it a couple days before uh i released that song as a single and mm. i was like dang ap really killed it on this one so shout out <laughs> to you ap yeah um if you like banjo go listen to him okay but um uh but yeah that one i don't actually know the the background story on that one okay. um so i should have done my research uh, but there's a great version by a guy named Doc Boggs, who's one of the kind of like uh, go with OG old time banjo pickers. Uh, he was probably recorded in the 20s, and I, I believe okay. he had a he was part of the group of folks kind of brought back in the 60s during the folk revival, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like on that college circuit where a bunch of like old timers got all of a sudden they were rediscovered by a bunch of people who wanted to hear folk music. So I think that kind of brought that song back into the forefront. Okay. So that's interesting how that happens. That that, that happened um, with uh, Doc Watson as well. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the, um, the nitty gritty dirt band, Um, I I got, I've I've interviewed uh, John McEwen twice, um, one of the founding members of that. And Uh um, he he put out a couple different books and I interviewed him for, um, uh, for those books. And uh, he has the most amazing stories about recording with Doc Watson and Mother Maybell and uh, that, that um, will the circle be unbroken album uh, from like 1971, I think it is um, nitty gritty dirt band. Um, That is just a who's who of like American folk bluegrass music. It's, it's unbelievable how many people are on that. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of entering my I mean, I've listened to Doc Watson for a long time, but I'm very much entering my like Doc Watson phase right now. Yeah, I finally figured out how to play Deep River Blues. And I was just like, all right. Yeah, it's <laughs> on. I actually uh, I put him on a record on today to clean a little bit before I came here. Nice. There's one where it was like him and Merle and he's just got the best delivery It is so yeah. straightforward and simple. Yeah. But not like I mean he, I was I was who was I, probably talking to Jenna about it. But he'll do like going down the road feeling bad, lonesome road blues, standard mm-hmm. folk, standard. Uh, I just did that in air quotes because they're all special songs. Mm-hmm. Then he'll do a song like Summertime, which is just this like gorgeous, beautiful tune. Um, and anyway, Doc Watson's a treasure is what I was trying to say. Yeah, and I'm I'm finally starting to. S- tap more and more into that so all these like old timers like our music is coming from music that's been played for such a long time so when you kind of find some of these like cornerstone people for me it was dave von ronk was where i started and he was playing all these traditional tunes and some of these guys carrying this music with them like i don't know there's so much knowledge not just in terms of the music itself but like how to play the instruments and Mm -hmm. how to like what 
the music must have meant to folks, like just how it feels and why it's so important to keep playing a lot of these songs. Yeah. Because if they evoke a feeling, then they're still valuable. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. I, I get all I get all preachy about uh, <laughs> no man. Songs. I think American music is is undervalued. I think I think we don't um, uh, value and talk about American folk blues roots music enough. And and I do feel like we're kind of in a resurgence of renaissance. Something's going on uh, where it's 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 starting to, to tap into the mainstream. You know, like Billy Strings is playing with like Post Malone and stuff like that. You know, where yeah yeah, it's really cool to see that kind of stuff happen. You know, yeah, just uh, I know that country western in general feels like it's kind of like the in style which is very like because it's elevating like really amazing musicians and especially yeah. as someone i like really enjoy acoustic music um or like i guess i plug my acoustic guitar into an amp but mm -hmm. uh, i like uh I, I really enjoy watching somebody play their instrument i like seeing their hands when they play mm -hmm. uh, i really like watching people who can like sound like a whole band by themselves mm -hmm. and i feel like this genre kind of like elevates a lot of those folks so you end up seeing like um uh i want to figure out how to pick a guitar like uh have you listened to nat myers at all no oh no. man he's like doing like old school blues picking where i'm okay. just like his uh, it's like Go listen to Nat Myers, y'all. Right. <laughs> uh, I believe his Instagram handle is Nat Myers, y'all. Um, okay. So um, that's good. Yeah, for sure. Do you get into Dom Flemons at all? Oh, Dom's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Dom he plays a lot of different styles of, of, of strumming and stuff. You know, he's it, yeah. He. I mean, like it's funny. I think I was watching. I was on an airplane, and there was like a there was um, like a movie about a debate team. It was like kind of like a civil rights era movie that was uh about like a black debate team debating against harvard or some hmm. a story like that and at the very beginning of the movie the carolina chocolate drops were playing in like the yeah. opening scene um wow and that's dom and rhiannon giddens and yeah. uh um i'm so sorry to the third member that, yeah I'm, I'm blanking his name too uh, i'm sorry you guys are awesome <laughs> i really love um but uh yeah Don, like those folks play so many different styles of like traditional music and embody the energy of it because mm -hmm. i think that's the thing that might get lost a little bit is an old style isn't just like a way to play the guitar it's kind of evokes an energy mm -hmm. uh like like there's a difference between um well i've been playing uh deep river blues which mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know if i can like i did not plan on picking that at all that's not on the album but there's like you can kind of change the picking style of something and it like kind of draws out a different energy yeah um like can I, should I, yeah go for it um like this is kind of like it starts off kind of like a standard piedmont travis picking <laughs>
Yeah. And like that second half is kind of the same song, but it kind of stomps a little more. Yeah. I hope that came across. That's how I feel. Like yeah, no, the beginning, yeah. it's a and they're different styles of picking, but it's not just that they're different in the physical, like, oh, like you play Delta Blues versus playing uh, Travis picking. They also have like a different energy, which is mm-hmm. which is really cool. So once you start going down the rabbit holes, you're just um, and that's why, like when I said before, I'm kind of entering my Doc Watson phase is because I finally started feeling the energy he puts into things and kind of. Mm. The vibe, yeah. <laughs> as the as the kids say, uh, the vibe <laughs> of it. Um, yeah, I say that too. Um, I say it too much, probably. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're a teacher. You're like, I feel like you um, probably have all the lingo. Yeah. Of what grade do you teach? I teach uh, um, high school, so 10th through 12th graders. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you you know what's cool, probably more Ish. so than I do. <laughs> I've heard the words. I don't quite know what they all mean. Okay. I'm not quite sure what Riz is at this point, but it's a thing. No. I never heard that okay. word. I haven't heard that word. It's like it's like a style kind of a thing. It, it's oh, okay. kind of vibey kind of a deal. Gotcha. R-I-Z-Z. All I know is that a, a glizzy is a hot dog. Oh. I think that might be an old word, though. From somebody <laughs> told me that. But anyway. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I love Doc Watson. And I uh, have to give a quick shout out to my wife for enduring me learning that song over COVID. That was my one of my projects. Oh, nice. It was learning Deep River Boot and, and the finger picking the thumb. You know, I just uh, and actually back to John McEwen. Uh, and since he recorded with Doc Watson, I told him I was learning that song. And he gave me a tr- he told me a tip. He said, just just sit on the couch and just do your thumb. Uh, the doom, 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 until you can get it to disconnect in your head from your other fingers. Yep. And then at some point you, you just kind of feel it and then you can start doing the other stuff with the other fingers. And that song was insanely hard to learn, but it sounds so cool. It's, it is its own universe almost. It's, it's, it's a fascinating song. It's an song. incredibly challenging song. I watched someone play it on Instagram and I was like, that's how you play it. Like I've tried to play it for a long time, yeah. but if, if you are wanting to learn to play guitar, that, that technique, the thumb you were just talking about, mm-hmm. like you have right. to, if you can get that down, um, so much flows from that because yeah. I started with like John Hurt stuff. Like, okay. Yeah. Like just just keeping that thumb going, you can do so much. Yeah. And it's funny because so much like American folk music comes from. Because you can imagine a bass yeah. player just going, yeah, doom, 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 yeah. You're saying doom, before it's like how like one person sound like a whole band, like that kind of does that. You know, it gives yeah. you the bass line and then the guitar and then you're singing and then if you do a harmonica or something like that, all of a sudden it sounds like there's four people playing almost, uh-huh. and just one person. You know, like that's that's the kind of the beauty behind that style. Yeah, yeah. And I was because it's funny uh, when I was first playing banjo, someone told me to learn clawhammer style, like mm. old time banjo. Um, and I'd always wanted to learn how to play like the song I just played, like John Hurt, Elizabeth Cotton, that style of picking. And um, I couldn't do it. So I got a banjo and a lot easier to f- claw hammer those songs. Not that claw hammering is like easy or anything, mm-hmm. but you don't have to make your hand do like three different things at once. You okay. kind of figure out one thing. Um, and I learned like a bunch of those songs and then I went back later once I had the confidence and I, <laughs> I got my thumb to figure out how to do the doom, 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 doom. Right. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's a big moment. And, uh, I think my, I think my wife for staying with me and not leaving me after hearing that song a million times. Oh, uh, freight train by Elizabeth Cotton was that one for me <laughs> where I was like, I think, 
I think Jenna's gonna pull her hair out. <laughs> but, but yeah, that might periods. have been like mid-pandemic too. Was, okay. you, was it? You said during the, yeah during the pandemic. Yeah, um, watch yeah. some YouTube videos. There's, there's a um, a, um, a video from Doc Watson um, uh, teaching how to how he does it. Oh really? Uh, he does it a little different than most people. Um, I think he just do, does two fingers. Yeah. Uh, but I do um, th- th- three. As uh, so his style is just slightly different. But um, between him and then Tommy Emmanuel, which is like. I'm never going to get even close to that. Have, are you familiar with Tommy Emmanuel? I know that he is considered one of the best guitar players. Like um, on earth. I'm yeah. sorry that I haven't. There's so many people. Oh, my God. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Check out his version of it. Um, and then he did a version with Jason Isbell on, a, on an album a couple years ago. Probably like oh, four or five really? years ago. Oh, That's cool. really good. And uh, and both those guys are shredders, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so. But Tommy Emmanuel by himself, it's you. you I mean, you, you put hours and hours probably 10,000 hours just into that one song right and then you watch him play it and you're like I play like garbage you know <laughs> it's so no, unbelievable man that's the thing that I've been telling I try to tell folks when they're receptive to it um uh and they've asked me to talk is um uh that I think with music it's the song is there deep river blues you know how it goes at least like you know how doc's version goes if you've listened mm-hmm. to it and so you kind of recognize that melody that just that like right. like you kind of just know that feeling that the song evokes and you don't have to play it perfect you just have to follow mm-hmm. the like kind of spirit when i'm talking about the energy of the yeah. song you could yeah. play half the notes but if you're feeling it and you're you're experiencing the song mm-hmm. people are gonna dig it um because i mean my first album uh i joked recently i, th- I think uh, uh that i was a little bit audacious to even record it because i wasn't really like the most spectacular performer or banjo player at the time i feel really good about it but mm-hmm. um but i felt like i was able to kind of embody the songs and the energy of them so I still feel quite proud of it, even though now I'd probably play some of those songs a few beats per minute faster and mm-hmm. with a little bit more oomph. Yeah. But uh, if you just let yourself be in it and yeah. just enjoy it and not have that voice in your head be like, I don't know if I'm playing this good enough. Right. Like, right. no, you're playing it just fine. Just have fun. Mm-hmm. So and the skills will come, too, as long as especially when you don't get it in your own way. So, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, a live crowd is just feeding off the energy of the music. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. totally right about that. You know, and they're not like looking for precision. You know, they're looking for for feel. You know, and having a good time. Yeah, and I'd say the key is as long as people can tap their feet. But sometimes when I play the banjo, it's a little bit hard to tap your feet. Um, <laughs> so I'm working on that. I'm actually working on tapping my feet while I play, so that one day I can put some under my foot and just get a little thump 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 while I play. Yeah, so. a little percussion. But uh, I, I've never been the most um, rhythm, rhythm, rhythmically uh, stable person, so uh, it gets a little floaty with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one more question before you play your last song. Um, the, yeah. the claw hammer thing made me think of this. I recently saw Molly Tuttle um, up at uh, Winter Wondergrass, mm-hmm. um, and she's she's unbelievable. But she has a song, uh, Take the Journey, um, where she plays claw hammer guitar, which is kind of like a thing that she's kind of like her, she's yeah, her own she's style. Yeah, she's got videos. And I, I've, I've okay, watched, so are, I've are you familiar her, yeah. with that? Yeah. Yeah. Have you done anything, uh, tried to, I've, I've never messed around with that style, but have you ever dove into that at all? So, I kind of naturally claw hammer like um, uh, it's just like a 
Um, that's why. I, so for folks, because some I, I I took to the banjo very quickly because it turned out I would claw hammer on the banjo. Um, and for folks who aren't familiar, claw hammer is this way of playing, typically a banjo, but any stringed instrument in which you play. Uh, with the outside of like your index finger or middle finger and let your thumb kind of catch the high string so you get like a and if you get precise with the uh, your nail you can start playing melodies like something like that um but uh it kind of gives you like a rolling doom chicka doom chicka doom chicka right, or right. bum diddy bum diddy bum diddy's like the banjo players claw hammer phrase to help okay. you with the timing like if your teacher wanted you to learn it um but yeah it works pretty good the only thing that's different is uh on the claw hammer you're always catching the high string mm -hmm. so in this case it's like your bass note so if you come off of it and play a chord and you don't want that like low e coming out mm -hmm. um you got to be uh, dexterous and uh, mm -hmm. Molly Tuttle is is an incredibly good yeah. guitar player. Good <laughs> is a, like understatement. Of oh my god, her ability. So yeah. um, she's able to. She does it like really beautifully. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, her band was great too. Everyone in her band is a killer, man. They just are her bass player, fiddle player, mm -hmm. her banjo player, Kyle Tuttle. Um, no relation, uh, but they uh, yeah they they were amazing. Have oh, you seen her yeah. live yet? No, I haven't. I yeah. haven't. I know she like has been around here a bunch of times. There was yeah. like a free show in South Reno one time. Oh man! And I just was, and I missed it. I just was like, I missed that too. Yeah, I was like, what? Anyway. Well, now she's playing up at Harvey's Outdoor Amphitheater this summer, so she's like huge now. So yeah, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. Hell yeah! For sure. That's awesome. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, you you uh, I, I sent you the album. Uh, the album comes out. My new album comes out on Friday. Um, I realized, so you actually asked if I could play this next one. Could I ask you why, like, what drew you, what, why you asked me to play it? I, I just thought it, it sounded, it, it just had a great melody. It just, it, right. it just had a, like, it sounded really catchy. Cool. Um, when I was, when I was listening to him, I was just, that, that was the one that really stood out to me. And, uh, and then that, the murder ballad, that wild Bill Jones, um, I, I had known that song just from, from folk stuff before. And I, nice. I, I like that one as well. But, um, yeah, this one, it, it sounded like a kind of a radio single to me. Like it had a good catchy melody and, um, yeah, cool. just, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. I don't ever get to ask people that. So I, I just okay. was like, all right, I might as well go for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually, I wrote this, this song, uh, it's called harmony or the vulture song. And I, called it the vulture song because uh i was coming home one day and i got out of my car and a vulture right when i got out had swooped really low so i got kind of spooked by it and by low like my brain told me it was like two feet away from me it could have been 50 feet above my head i have no <laughs> idea uh, i'm open to the bird not being anywhere near me but i walked inside the house and i was like kind of I just had this weird feeling and i kept on trying to tell people who were at home about it no one was really checked in with me they were already doing their own thing and uh i kind of sat down this song came out um and uh this song kind of feels like a a sequel to a couple of the ones on previous albums i've written but uh this song's kind of about maybe being a bit of a black sheep hmm. uh and having a hard time with it but kind of stepping into the confidence to kind of 
just feel good being yourself <laughs> and feel good uh, uh, doing the things that you feel called to do. As I mentioned, this album's kind of like about the energy that's needed to take a vision and make it uh, real. So mm-hmm. part of this song is about when your vision doesn't really line up with everybody else's, you gotta be you gotta be uh gotta be tough uh, right when i said that there's that song if you're gonna be dumb you gotta be tough uh <laughs> but you kind of do so uh that's what this song's about um at least for me and i hope you guys enjoy it and uh all right this is called harmony Don't worry about me, I found my harmony 
And it's taking me where I need to go It's taking me home Nice. I love it. That's great. Yeah, I was thinking about what I like about that song while you were playing it. And um, it's kind of Dylan-esque, you know, with the harmonica. And I I definitely like that. Um, But um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, what Willie Carlisle is doing as well. And um, I'm I'm just a huge fan of Willie. And he's just so genuine. And and it's it's a cool thing, you know, his whole vibe and all that. So it gave me me that kind of sense of a song. Cool. That, that, uh, um, I'll carry that with me thank you um <laughs> willie is uh, uh when he put his new album out this year uh was very affected by willie's oh album i would really love to see willie play yeah. um or, yeah yeah his his energy is um i'm very grateful for everything he's doing yeah. um so i've shed a few tears to his music this year so yeah. thank you i'm gonna uh when i was on tour this last summer i played uh, there was a, a man, a man who owned a restaurant I played at, and he's a hoot. And he said he was like the Bee Gees manager back in the '70s, and hmm. uh, his job was mainly about hangover prevention. And mm-hmm. um, but uh, and uh, uh, he told me whenever something really, really nice happens, you need to have some physical thing that you can do, like like playing with what I was like playing with your finger or something something that whenever something really nice happens just do that thing Hmm. and you'll always be able to find it again because sometimes Hmm. I think we can be in a real low place and we we lose those nice moments yeah so uh so you meant saying that about Willie that 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 does that thank you 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 bet (laughs) so absolutely thought I'd share that too from the Bee Gees old manager yeah that's good advice I like that Definitely. All right. Well, let's do the plugs and um, uh, remind people um, uh, where to find you and all that kind of stuff. So um, website, social media, um, and then, um, you know, where to find the album and then um, and then remind us where you're going to be playing this weekend. Yeah. So uh, you can find me. uh, My website's Uh, charliemarksmusic.com. M-A-R-K-S. I guess Charlie with an I-E. and uh, you can find me. I post quite a bit on Instagram, Charlie Marks Music. There's some underscores in between the letters, uh, the, the words, not the letters. But um, and this weekend. Oh, all right. Here we go. The album's coming out on Friday, April uh-huh. 14th. Uh, the album's called Three Years Time. You can find it on all the streaming services, um, usually except for Amazon, which I joke is the not joke, but it's the, the stand I'm taking against the, the man because Spotify and all those others aren't big corporations too. But I think I accidentally chose to put it on Amazon as well. So, and I can't undo it. Mm. So it'll be on all of the streaming services okay. <laughs> on Friday. Um, and uh, um, it's called Three Years Time. And then this weekend I will be playing two shows with the Bandit Queen of Sorrows. The first one will be at the Red Dog Saloon in Virginia City at 7 o'clock on Friday. And the next one will be in downtown Reno on 4th Street at Black Rabbit Meads at 8 o'clock. Uh, both those will be with the Black, uh, the Bandit Queen of Sorrows. Uh, if you haven't listened to her, um, she's fantastic. So yeah. if you like what I'm doing, uh, you will like what she's doing uh, a lot. Yeah. A lot more. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So. All right. Well, the songs sound amazing. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, Thanks for having yeah, me, Will. congratulations really on the album coming Thank out. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah. I'm stoked. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Hit that subscribe button. Leave me a rating and tell a friend. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.